Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, May 7th, 2021. I am Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. And I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. As always, make sure that you're on our Patreon for Broadway Radio. That's patreon.com slash broadwayradio. And we, just like yesterday, Ashley and I were discussing, we've got a lot to talk about for what's coming up this fall on Broadway. Did something happen? I was off yesterday. I didn't see any news. Did something happen? I'm unfamiliar with anything that was announced in the last 48 hours. Yeah, I mean, it was just, you know, I'm very excited about the possibility of Waitress coming back with Sarah Bareilles. Don't know when that will be. Um, We got that text right before we recorded the show. (laughs) Sorry Sorry for throwing your script into a, a, a messy jumble yesterday. Oh, no, 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 no. Anytime you want to throw Waitress the musical into the script, I would like to talk about it. Yeah. So like we announced yesterday, according to Governor Cuomo, Broadway will be able to officially reopen in conjunction with the Broadway League beginning September 14th. What I find interesting about the September 14th start date is that principal contracts from when everything shut down will become null and void on September 13th. Meaning that any show reopening after that date, which is all of them, have the ability to completely recast their shows for principals, which I think is just a little interesting. I don't know. I yeah, I I didn't know about this. I I thought that all contracts were canceled after a month of there not being shows. So I didn't know about this. So I don't know all the details of this. But but if this is in fact how Mm -hmm. the contracts were set up. I find it hard to believe that this is a coincidence. Exactly. So it just, it, it feels a little sus. We're not trying to cue in on you guys, uh, but it just feels a little, <laughs> a little like mm, a little conspiracy. But I do want to talk about the following opening dates that we do have on record. So oh, Ain't Too Proud, yes. Ain't Too Proud will reopen October 16th with tickets available starting now. Diana, the musical, as we reported, will begin previews again on December 1st with an opening on December 16th. Those tickets are on sale now. Jagged Little Pill will reopen October 21st. Tickets are also on sale now. The Phantom of the Opera with a full orchestra, wink, wink, nod, nod, will reopen on October 22nd with tickets on sale now as well. So six, the hit UK musical will begin previews again on September 17th with an opening on October 3rd. They shut down right before their opening and we just, we really want them to have their flowers. Uh, Tickets are going to go on sale to the public May 10th. Some people have a pre-sale code. Good for you. (laughs) This does not include the previous announced waitress that we were talking about earlier, Reboot, and Chicago the Musical. So we're going to let you guys know when we have more dates, but those are the ones we do have on record. Now, what does this mean for shows that are not coming back? Well, we know that Mean Girls in the August Wilson Theater is not coming back. We know that um, uh, there's a new show coming there. Frozen announced closures during the pandemic as well. And Hangman and Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, which never opened, uh, is not coming back either. So A Soldier's Play, Beetlejuice, and The Inheritance played their final performances, all three of which had previously announced closing dates for late spring 2020, and they never got their dues. I, I will say one of those three might be might be coming back. Wink, wink, nod, nod. You can cut this. I don't know which one it is. I don't I don't know which one it is. I don't know which one it is. So if I said it three times, does that uh-huh. maybe say would help people figure out which one might yes. be coming back? Okay. Okay. Yes. 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 Yeah. Uh, which Broadway theaters remain vacant for now? Okay. That includes the Barrymore, which oh. was the former home of The Inheritance. The Booth Theater, uh, which was the former home of Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf and or Plays. Um, the Court Theater, which I famously love to go to to sit in the rafters. Uh, they have planned <laughs> renovations. The Lyceum Theater, which was the former home of Sing Street. We we know that Sing Street's coming back, kind of. Yeah, like, we do think. we know that officially? 
I I mean I I would be shocked if it's not, but I, they have not announced it officially. And there's a number of these shows that I think will come back, but we don't yeah. necessarily have that confirmed yet. Right, the Nederlander Theater, the haunted home of the Newsies, which was where they were going to have you know the Lehman trilogy. That's vacant for now. The Palace Theater has planned renovations, and the St. James Theater, which is the former home of Frozen, and any Casey Nicola show ever is vacant <laughs> as well. So that's what we have for you right now, which I think is a lot more information than we've had in the past couple of months. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine that a lot of these theaters will be filled at some point. Um, we don't necessarily know when all of them are. Um, I don't remember if you guys talked about it yesterday or not, but we do know that um, uh, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child is not planning on coming back until 2022. So the lyric is going to be dark until then. Um, good call. So, good call. Yeah. So like some of these, I would imagine there's more shows coming back than I would have thought a year ago, six months ago. But we don't necessarily know the timetable on all of those. Wild. All right. So let's take a moment to talk about our sponsor, Upstart. So when it comes to paying off debt, it can often feel like an uphill battle. I can't stand it. It's annoying. Do you dread looking at your credit card statement every month? I sure do. And that's why I don't open those apps. We don't blame you. Upstart can lift that weight off of your shoulders so that you can finally feel the relief of being free of credit card debt. Upstart is the fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan all online. Whether you're looking to get rid of your credit card debt, consolidating whatever high interest debt you might have, or funding any personal expenses that might have crept up over the past year plus of lockdown. Over a half million people have used Upstart to get a simple fixed monthly payment. Unlike other lenders, Upstart doesn't just look at your credit score, which is just some random number that some mysterious shadowy organizations assign to you, but they look at your income and your employment history. That way that they can get you smarter rates with all of their trusted partners. You only need to go through a five minute online rate check to see what your rate is upfront and you can be guaranteed from 1,000 to $50,000 if approved. And you can get that money in as fast as one business day. Yeah, so find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash Broadway. That's upstart.com slash Broadway. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit income and certain other information provided in your loan application. Remember, go to upstart.com slash Broadway. All right, so now I want to talk a little bit about the Actors Fund. You're familiar, Matt. You know the Actors I'm Fund. Familiar. I'm familiar with them, Okay. Yes. So the Actors Fund, the National Human Services Organization for Everyone in the Performing Arts and Entertainment, today released a new survey of 7,163 people helped through February 28th, 2021. So the purpose of the survey was to help the fund determine how to best assist those with long-term needs caused by the COVID pandemic. Since the pandemic began, the fund has helped over 40,000 people that are in the entertainment industry. So given the low income and lack of savings, because we all famously live paycheck to paycheck, it is not surprising that the economic impact of COVID was greatest with 70% of those surveyed saying that they lost income to doy, 62% reporting that they lost part-time or gig employment, which is a lot of times how people can get by mm -hmm. when it comes to, you know, auditioning all the time and 49% lost full-time employment in entertainment. Some, some highlights that I just want to, you know, throw out there is that 28% of these people fell behind in rent or mortgage. 20% of those surveyed were forced to change housing. And 68% of those who lost housing moved to another state because wow. most of these people probably live in 
major cities like New York, Atlanta, LA. And yeah, having to move to another state is what I've seen a ton of people do. Like how many actors do you follow and actors specifically, yeah. but also anybody in the entertainment industry that's like, look, I'm working on this house that I bought in <laughs> Iowa. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just, you know, this is what everyone can do. So 40% of those respondents reported reduced food security as well. I mean, wow. I knew a lot of people, myself included, that went through that, especially at the very beginning. Um, a stunning 79% of those reported that COVID-19 had had a negative impact on their mental health, pointing to increased feelings of anxiety, depression, symptoms of stress, and an increased ability to cope with economic uncertainty. Like, if you don't know where your next paycheck is coming, and every time you walk outside, you see people like, not masking or getting the vaccine, they know that that's them even further away from their next paycheck because we can't fill theaters. We can't, you know, be on set until people are safe. People are, uh, you know, av available to work. So anywho, it was, it was just really fascinating. And like the BIPOC respondents were slightly more likely to have lost health insurance and not have health insurance. None of this news is surprising. It's just heartbreaking. And having the data will hopefully encourage better systems in place for artists and arts workers alike that encourage health and safety. Yeah. I, I just feel like there are so many, um, incredibly important lessons that I hope people were able to witness and recognize during this past year plus. I don't think that anything is going to change in terms of most of these things. I hope I'm wrong. Um, but I don't see like when it comes to, you know, the job security and the insurance and all of that stuff. I don't I just don't see that changing um, because that's such a heavy lift. And I just don't feel like the organizations that have the ability to do those things um, have the will to do it. So I hope I'm wrong, but hopefully this information can lead at least the Actors Fund, an incredible organization, to figuring out ways to help people and to meet them where they are, no matter what they need. Exactly. So there you go. Um, I've got some more New York news because famously we love Let's talking about New York. New York. New York City is launching a new program to provide funding to artists for public works, an effort to lend financial support to artists whose income plummeted during the pandemic and who have clamored for government relief. <laughs> Hello, they haven't had any. Um, calling it the City Artists Corps. The program will give money to artists, musicians, and other performers to create works across the city, whether through public art, performances, pop up shows, murals, or other community arts projects. Mayor Bill de Blasio compared this program to the Federal Arts Project, part of FDR's New Deal during the Great Depression. This is a major league depression. Officials say that the city will spend $25 million on this program, which is expected to create jobs for more than 1,500 artists in New York City. The effort marks a significant investment in the arts in the city, thank goodness. The National Endowment for the Arts, an art funding agency that serves the entire country, of course, has a budget this year of about $162 million. So I just, I'm just curious, like, there was no information when I, when I was reading about this, about who's getting this money. Um, like, <laughs> like, I'm just curious, like, are we, is there a submission like, I, I'm just unsure. Like, it sounds good, but I go, who gets to have it? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I would hope that there's information <laughs> forthcoming, but yeah. um, I guess we'll we'll wait and see. But $25 million uh, is, is, is a significant amount of money. I, I, I think it's not nearly enough, but... Um, I guess it's a uh, it's a decent start for now. Yeah, I'm just uh, again like, where's the money going? My Venmo is at Grace Aki. Okay, so Today Ticks uh, group has acquired Broadway Roulette in its third acquisition in recent months. So Broadway Roulette, which selects Broadway shows for users that specify a date and preference between a play or a musical 
will exist as a standalone product within TodayTix. So TodayTix Group, which is also venture-backed, hello well, um, has recently made several acquisitions. Like in February 2020, the ticketing company announced the acquisition of Encore, a London-based ticketing system, even though they already had TodayTix in London and all of its related platforms. The company acquired theater review aggregator show score in July 2020. They are going to be a one-stop theater and entertainment shop pretty soon. So yeah, this is interesting. Yeah, we talked about a couple years ago that it was probably just a little bit before that first acquisition of Encore that you mentioned that um, a lot of the original investors had been bought out. Um, I don't know. I can't remember if it was by like one of the major original investors or the Mm -hmm. original venture capital people, but they definitely have a plan to try to um, expand uh, today ticks and I yeah. think that they are doing as much as they can to take advantage of the pandemic obviously uh, first <laughs> getting show score and Broadway roulette which I've never used but I've I've looked at many times as well much like today ticks so like mm-hmm. I like this is fun and it's cool but like I kind of feel bad for the companies that have to sell but then again if they made some money maybe that's good I don't know it yeah. vent, venture capital companies and vulture capitalism just makes me um, a little uncomfortable. Although I do love me some Shark Tank, so I am a uh, I am full of contradictions. Hold on, full stop. Who's your favorite on Shark Tank? Oh, that's the e- Mark Cuban. Like I love <laughs> Mark Cuban. That is a shock. That is a full shock. Yeah, who did you think it was going to be my favorite? I would have honestly. I love uh, Corcoran, and I love. Um, yeah. Uh, Lori Grenier. But I have to say Robert Hershebeck is my favorite because he can get it. All right. (laughs) The Broadway Advocacy Coalition, famously, I love them, uh, will present the Fellowship Hall celebrating the inaugural class of the BAC Artivism Fellowship created this year to support Black femme identifying artists, activists using their craft, tools, and care for others to have an impact on the world around them. How nice. We love to see it. The opening night on Thursday, May 20th is a night of celebration of reflection featuring BAC co-founder and our friend of the pod, I feel like, Amber Iman. The event will mark the official launch of the Fellowship Hall. The festival will run uh, through Sunday, May 23rd with a focus on each fellow and the debut of their artivism project, both at the festival and online. So I'm looking forward to covering that. I'm sure we'll post a lot to our social media as well about this event, but uh, yeah, it sounds great. Yeah, I'm just very impressed with your ability to say the word artivism because I would have stumbled over it every single time, like trying to say uh, artivism. Oh, man. Well, you hear me fuck up all these other words, so I had I no artivism today. <laughs> all right. I know you're excited about this. I, I can it's feel like it in your bones, talk, Matt. We just talked about this show like two days ago. It's amazing. Exactly. <laughs> That's why I was like, oh, I'm so excited that we're talking about this again. So an all-Asian-American virtual production of the Tony-winning and Matt and Grace-loving A Gentleman's Guide <laughs> to Love and Murder will take place on July 15th. The company will include Cindy Chung, Carl Joseph Coe, Ali Ewalt, Diane Phelan and Tom Cessna. Alan Marioka of Sesame Street fame will direct the production and Stephen Kuvis serves as musical director. The abridged screen edition of the Robert L. Friedman and Stephen Ludwig's musical will be presented by Collabor Asian. Okay, I love the sound of that. A new collective of Asian American producers and will support Stop AAPI Hate. Further details will be announced. That's literally all the information that we have. As soon as we have it, I will bombard you guys with this information because we have to watch this. Yeah. I mean, first off, we talked about this show and how much we love it. Like like two days ago, Ali Ewald is a recent guest here on Broadway radio. Um, Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is, is like, 
I'm interested to hear how they're doing this since it's going to be in July. Yeah. Like, does that mean they're going to be in person by then? Like, is it this isn't is this going to be virtual or is this going to be like them on a stage? Like, I don't know. I'm very excited, though. I'm not I'm not I'm not tearing up reading it. I'm just like excited. OK, I got we got to stop. Okay. Right. Uh, finally, in some MCC theater miscast news, because famously Matt and I love covering this as well. Tony Award winner Gavin Creel and Tony Award nominee and hopeful for the 2020 eventual, Tony season. Yeah, eventual Tony winner. <laughs> Aaron Tveit will reunite for a brand new duet for the Miscast 2021 uh, showing, which will premiere Sunday, May 16th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and on my iPad at 8.05. The MCC's YouTube channel is where you can view it. Creel and Tveit previously teamed up for the iconic yeah. performance of their duet of Take Me or Leave Me from Rent, and which has been covered at Marie's Crisis ever since. 2016. So we're excited to see them do that. I don't think that they're going to do the same number. No. What do, what is what are your guesses? Do you have any like predictions for a miscast? I don't off the top of my head because I was going to ask you the same question. But Ugh. like if like what are some other iconic like I feel like because they did take me or leave me, they need to do another f- female duet. Can I throw something out there? Yes, please. Just because we just talked about Gentleman's Guide. What if they did? I decided to marry you. Well, they would need like a woman to be Monty, wouldn't they? Yeah, they would. That would be fun, though. Who would they, who would it be? Like I volunteer. <laughs> um, I mean, <laughs> who could we who could we get? Oh my gosh, I want Ashley Park. I, I think she's in Paris shooting the second season of Emily in Paris. I thought she was announced. Who else is announced in this cast? We've got well, it's out. virtual. It's virtual, so like she oh, could have yeah. filmed something, but maybe oh, that's true. It's virtual. Maybe she could film it from there. Yeah. So, so there we go. Who knows? I'm, I'm it's up for Idina Menzel. It's it's Idina. <laughs> Yeah, that that works. That tracks. All right. So, Matt, for a feel-good recommendation, you got to see a show. Please talk about it. I did. I went to the um, Walt Disney Lake Eola Amphitheater <laughs> here in Orlando, Florida, um, and saw the Orlando Shakes production of uh, Little Shop of Horrors. It was a beautiful night. It was the first performance, um, so I was not wasting any time getting tickets uh, to see a live performance now that i am uh, got the double vax, and it's been two weeks, so I'm completely clear. Um, but the production was tremendous. Tremendous. I, I really, really enjoyed it, but it did something that I don't know that I've ever heard of and definitely have never seen for a production of Little Shop. I feel like somebody must have done this at some point, um, but I'm just mm-hmm. not aware of it. So during the first song when like the fully grown Audrey 2, I think it must be Feed Me, um, yeah. uh, when mm-hmm. when Audrey 2 like, goes completely verbal, um, the big mouth starts singing on the fly trap. And then the mouth opened completely and out walked Audrey 2. So like Audrey 2 was like on stage interacting with Seymour. But the thing is, so the Seymour is a well, a fairly well-known actor here in Orlando, somebody I've seen multiple times. I saw him. He was Bat Boy and Bat Boy. Um, so he's pretty, he's pretty short. Like, I mean, he's probably five, six at most. And That's my type. Yes. As we've discussed before. Um, but Audrey 2 walks out and it is a six foot three fabulous black drag queen and it it was like so perfect because like the personality of this drag queen like worked perfectly it was amazing it was incredible and i don't have the program uh, they didn't give us programs um so i don't have the names i should have looked that up but i wasn't sure if we were going to talk about it but so um overall great production running through the 23rd down at Lake Eola in downtown Orlando, if anybody's in the area. But just, you know, obviously, as soon as the the Ronettes or whatever they're called, the the Mm -hmm. urchins, um, as soon as they started singing, 
of course I, you know, welled up and, you know, teared up and everything because <laughs> first time in a year, but you know, so, um, highly Aww. recommended if anybody's in the central Florida area and feel free to, uh, let me know if you know of any other productions that have done the, the, the drag queen stepping out of Audrey to, well, that's, that's a shout out to all the other theaters that are thinking about doing that show. Just saying, take this inspo, baby. Uh, there you go. Oh gosh. I'm so glad you had a great experience. Now I'm jealous. I want to see theater. Uh, thank you guys for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. Don't forget about our Patreon, patreon.com slash Broadway Radio. You can find me all the time on Twitter and Instagram at It's Grace Aki. Matt, where can people find you? You can find me at BWW Matt. Thank you guys so much. Have a good day. <laughs>